Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another show of harmonics. Today's a little bit different than most because today I'm going to actually do a tribute on Jeff Beck, one of my favorite guitar players, one of the greatest guitar players that the world has ever seen. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to be talking to you about Jeff as much as I know, and I've seen Jeff play numerous times. Also, uh, this will be on our podcast, so some of the visuals you will not see, but if you go to our podcast, you'll hear it in, in just in um, audio, and then when you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see it live with me, and you can see some of the things that I brought today. Um, Jeff Beck. When was the first time I ever heard of Jeff Beck? And I'm going to go back a little bit. The first time I ever heard of Jeff Beck was about 1965 or 66. Um, I knew he was a guitar player, he was a session player, and his good friend was Jimmy Page. Uh, at that time, they were both session men, uh, young men I should say, and um, it was Jimmy that actually said, hey Jeff, why don't you play with this band called the Yardbirds? Needless to say, at that time, they, the Yardbirds already had a big hit, like I'm a man, you know, uh, just some heart of soul, which I sang as a as a kid in high school back in the day, but a little bit further up um, in that time period. Uh, I was lucky enough to be raised uh, in the 60s. It was a wonderful time, and it was kind of a loose era and also a lot of other different things, but we won't get into that. We'll basically get into what Jeff Beck meant to the music scene, and it was sad that he had died in January of this year. Uh, so I decided that, and, and my team, um, Chad and uh, Sujoy, uh, we decided to do a tribute to uh, Jeff Beck. So here it goes. Jeff Beck to me was one of the great, great guitar players. He was an innovator. He had a sound that was so unique. He didn't use a pick, he used his thumb. He was influenced by the 50s groups back in the day. You know, Les Paul, you know, Buddy Holly, Bo Diddley. Muddy Waters, and also so many other different guitar players. But he started playing guitar and he found out that he was a very private person. He felt that it was better if he just stayed home and just played around. Uh, he was a very private person throughout his life. Um, and really, I didn't really know that Jeff Beck was even sick. He played, his last couple of shows were with Johnny Depp. Uh, his uh, last couple shows, he actually performed in San Jose at the San Jose um, Auditorium. I missed that show. I greatly regret it, but I have his albums. And talking about his albums, um, the first time I actually heard or seen Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck played at the Roll Arena in San Leandro. It was produced by the legendary promoter himself, Bill Quarry. Um, there was bands that opened up because Bill always opened up bands. I think Peter Wheaton, the Breadman, played that night and also Stanley and the Fenderman for sure. When Jeff Beck played at the Rollery and right on East 14th, right, right down the street, a couple miles, but right down the street, 
uh, from where we are today in our studios. Um, they played and they were absolutely sensational. At that time, there was the original Yardbirds, but they had two legendary guitar players and a bassist at that time, which was none other than Jeff Beck and his friend Jimmy Page. Why I say that was a very unique way to see that, but Bill Quarry did that. He actually got great acts like Van Morrison and them, and you name Paul Revere and the Raiders, Neil Diamond. He would get those guys to play at, on his stages, but he also would have local talent to actually play with these guys. And what a thrill it was. Ken Sims was also a guitar player, and I think he was in the Just Five at that time, but I could be mistaken. Guess what? After the show, they didn't really have any place to stay. The Yardbirds went one way, and Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck stayed at Kim Sims' house, right up the street on Jackson when it was a new housing um, track. New homes right over there, right over on Jackson. Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page spent the night with Ken Sims, and they played guitars, they talked about music. They said that Ken has told me some stories about one day I'll get Ken, Ken I'm going to get you on the show. And he could tell a better story than me, but they rocked out. And that's a little bit of history that happened right here in Hayward. Um, then Bill Quarry came up to me one day and said, hey, you know what? I produced Jeff Beck and Stanley and the Fenderman went down to the Avalon Room in, um, it, what's that place down in uh, Catalina? That's right, right in Catalina. And they did a show. And with all these thousands, of uh, hundreds of kids were out in front waiting for uh, the doors to open. And at the time, Bill's going, Where, where's Jeff Beck? Where's Je where is Jeff Beck? And so Jeff Beck came almost two hours late because he was, he was such a lover, man. You know how musicians are. So anyhow, he, he's, he, they played the show. They blew up Stanley and the Fenderman's gear. But the next day when they played again, they had brand new gear for Stanley and the Fenderman, and that would be Neil, um, Neil, uh, Dana and also um, Bobby uh, Manning, the late Bobby Manning. They actually uh, told me that story at a previous interview that we did with them. So Jeff Beck was quite a character. It was Jimmy that actually said, hey, let's, let's go on tour. They came here and they played, not only did they play in Hayward and at Catalina, they went to San Ramon. And my brother-in-law, Richard Brees, found a, a poster of that show and gave it to me. Thank you, Richard. It really, it's a prized possession of mine. I have it in a beautiful frame. Uh, you will see it or, or on the TV show, uh, but it will be on the podcast too. But it was such a beautiful thing. Um, and it only cost, they played at the San Ramon Valley um, Senior Center. And it only cost, are you ready? It only costs $2.50 to see the Yardbirds and the Sir Douglas Quintet, who used to sing the song, I think, she's about a mover, whatever that may be. But I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Anyhow, I'm going to go into some of the stuff that um, Jeff Beck did for me as when I was growing up. So I'm going to show you two albums that influenced me very much when I was a young punk kid. And... It is 
Jeff Beck Truth. This is actually an original album that I bought when I was a kid. I think it cost only like $2 at that particular time. It had shapes of things. You know, it had, you know, which was, I, well, if you ever hear the instrumental, how they do shapes, it, it's just unbelievable. I seen him do it many times. You shook me. Um, and at this time, they also had a singer, Rod Stewart. They also had a bass player, Ronnie Wood, a young Ronnie Wood and a young um, Rod Stewart. And then, of course, Mickey Waller, who uh, was playing, uh, playing keys and other instruments. But this, this album was such a, a beautiful thing for me to hold. And it was, it was such a great thing that actually here, you know, when they were doing, you know, You Shook Me Baby by uh, Willie Dixon. It was just, just phenomenal to hear Ain't It Superstitious by also another bl great blues man, and that was also Willie Dixon. But how they sounded at that time was something very unique. So the Brits actually took our music from America, which was slowly kind of evaporating, and that's how the British invasion came here, man. I mean, come on, right? This was before, uh, this was right before, this was right after the British invasion. Was the All these great bands coming our way, just wave after wave. Freddie and the Dreamers, who cannot forget about Freddie and the Dreamers? But Jeff Beck was so unique how he played. And I, I just love Jack. I, you, you know, you gravitate to his guitar uh, sounds and how he played. And I just loved, loved uh, Jeff Beck. Then he followed that up. Excuse me. He followed that up with Beck Ola. Once again, this was such a great album. All shook up. You know, Jailhouse Rock with, 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 with Rod Stewart just singing his ass off. You know, I mean, and then instead of staying together as a band, because he had so many incarnations of the Jeff Beck group, you know, all these different bands that he had, Carmen's, um, Carmen Apice and Beck, that whole thing changed so much uh, at that time. Bogart, excuse me, I seen them at Winterland, and they blew my mind. Bogart, Apice and Beck, I was this close to them in front of the stage, watching these guys play, and Jeff Beck just kinda just blew it up. The whole band did. You know, I'm seeing Carmen Apice as a young man just, just tearing it up, just tearing it up. You gotta remember, he was also with Vanilla Fudge, and that was, set me free, why don't you, babe? I mean, they did that song back in the day, and believe me, at that particular time when that album came out, I must express this. I was on psychedelics, and it was really badass to do that. So I've, I've actually followed Jeff in so many different genres that he's done. I loved, I've always loved his instrumentals. I've always loved, he's always going out, out further and further. He did jazz with John McLaughlin. He played with Santana, doing all his little tricks, if you've seen him. He played with the great Stevie Ray Vaughan. They toured together. They toured together. I was lucky enough to see them together. They did their shows, and Jeff Beck opened for Stevie Ray Vaughan. 
which is really amazing. That's what tells you what kind of gentleman he was. Um, Jeff, Jeff Beck didn't have no fear of who was going to open up before him or who, if he opened up. Jeff Beck had a unique uh, personality. Like I said earlier, he was very private, but he was revered by thousands and thousands and thousands of guitar players and also the greats, Edward Van Halen. Somebody mentioned that he also had what could have been a virtuoso, a visionary just like Jimmy um, Hendrix, that is. And he, 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 he loved Jimmy's playing. See, when you're up at that level of playing, I think there's such a beautiful thing. Eric Clapton, all these guys gave homage to him. George Harrison, to name a few. But one of his great mentors, and he actually played on stage with none other than, you know, one of the great, great guitar players, the Gibson guitar, Les Paul. They jammed together, and there's a picture that will be shown on TV that I have of Les Paul and Jeff Beck actually playing together. Unbelievable. And it looks like how they're trading licks back and forth. You know, it, it, it looks like Les Paul was the guy that was actually looked younger than Jeff Beck for some odd reason. I think that the connection, and, and, and Jeff said this in the book that I've um, that I've read, and it's in front of me right now. Um, it's Jeff Beck, and it's called Crazy Fingers because he played, his fingers were just crazy. The sounds that he made were just absolutely like, how did he do that? Uh, you know, I mean, if you really want to study him, how do you start really trying to figure out what he did? Um, and it's and if you want the book, it's a, two, a 2001 edition. Uh, I got this right when it came out in 2001 because I'm totally a huge fan of, of Jeff Beck. And it's by uh, Annette Carlson. So it's a 2001 book, and I think it's absolutely uh, an amazing. Uh, in the back, this gentleman said something about Jeff Beck the most consistently brilliant guitar player over the past 25 years. That is none other than David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. And you gotta respect David Gilmore. Just think of Pink Floyd. So in his journey, he loved blues. Um, him and Rod Stewart eventually, I think it was in 1984, I could be, I could, some of you will probably say, hey, it was maybe a little bit early, but I think it was 1984. I was in uh, Oakland Coliseum, um, and Jeff Beck was supposed to play with Rod Stewart uh, because that's when they were doing People Get Ready. If you ever see the video of that, and if you haven't ever seen it, go, go on YouTube and watch that. It was two, two monster people, musicians, Rod Stewart singing, Jeff Beck playing guitar for uh, People Get Ready by the Chamber Brothers. You've got to watch that. But at that time, I guess they had a riff during their concert before in, the, in Oakland, which people didn't know about. I actually um, researched on that later on and uh, found out that Jeff wasn't on stage. So Rod Stewart came on. He was playing a set 
and he was getting ready to do People Get Ready. And when he picked up his guitar, it was out of, out, of, out of tune. He felt that somebody sabotaged him, and he walked off the stage. In the meantime, the promoter of the show is none other than the legendary Bill Graham. He was at the sound booth. I was about 20 feet away from the sound booth. He got up and basically walked as fast as he probably could to the, to the dressing room wherever Rod Stewart was out. And while the crowd is going like, what the, you know, what, what? You know, his, his guitar's out of tune. You know, I wanted to go for a beer run, but I really wanted to see the action, what was actually going, man, because that was, that's kind of interesting. Well, in about five to 10 minutes, I would say probably 10, Rod Stewart came out with Bill, Bill, Bill uh, Graham and got him on stage. And he finished the set and it was outstanding. The guitar was tuned, he played his hits, played People Get Ready, and then afterwards, standing, uh, not a standing ovation, but we call more. We go, more, more, and he came out and did, I think he did Going Down, which is another great song that Jeff Beck does. Jeff Beck does going down and he's in if you ever watch also another segment about Jeff Beck if you ever watch Metallica I think when they were inducted in the Hall of Fame all these guitar players came out Jimmy Page came out Jeff Beck and he was the one that led it James Hatfield on on um, on vocals there's Metallica all right there Joe Perry was there all these different great guitar players and they played Train Kept a Running All Night Long with Jeff starting. Bum, 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 bum. And you know how it goes, it's like chug a luck. You know, Train Kept a Rolling. If you ever get a chance, I'm serious. If you ever get a chance to see it, go to YouTube too. I'm a YouTubey, you know, and you can see, also, you can see Blue Voodoo on YouTube too. And you can also see all our shows on YouTube, too. That's Harmonics with Gregory Correa. That's me. Oh, let's get back to what we're doing. Anyhow, I brought another album out that I just like. Uh, my nickname back in the day was, and I'm going to hold on because I got a little bit of notes here, was Flash. You got to remember, he was also a model, and he dressed really good. So my nickname was Flash back in the day when I was... 18, 19, playing in a band called Peak. But this is a very good album, and you see it's a very young-looking, suave Jeff Beck, just being so suave. He was just, he's just badass, period. He was also in his hot rods. He loved cars. He loved, he loved cars. He did, he did a, an album that was just great about cars. Um, this is one of my favorite albums also. This is a Priceless album. Uh, they did Ain't It Superstitious. This is really one of my favorite songs of all time. Black Cat Moan, Superstitious by Stevie Wonder. Um, this is also a mint condition. You could tell at the back I use it an awful lot, but this was, I actually seen these guys do this live and they kicked ass. You know, it was just, 
it's a memorable one. Um, really, to tell you the truth, I'm really sad, and he's playing his his seafoam guitar, his Fender. Absolutely amazing. Got to see that up close and personal. At that time, I was really, in my own life, I was actually moving along. And I told you that he had different incarnations in his band. This is the Jeff Beck group again, reincarnated with Max Middleton and uh, Trench and the great drummer Cozy Powell. We just posted that on our, um, on our Facebook page of, from our podcast of this, this particular uh, show. Uh, they were great. We used to do going down. They did going down. And uh, it was just, um, this is a great album. Um, we used to do, my band at that time was PG Stone Band. Uh, we did ice, um, We did the song called Glad All Over. Uh, Glad All Over. Not the Dave, DC5. A different version. Uh, and I was really into uh, Jeff Beck Band. And my guitar player, Paul Stone, uh, which is another story. Um, was just real great, and Bob Trench did a great job on all of this. It was a really a, a, a great band. Max Middleton also was the one that actually um, gave um, Jeff Beck more knowledge about jazz and things like that, headed him into that area. So, in closing, there's some songs that I really like that Jeff did. Um, one is... Um, Day in a Life, A Day in a Life uh, in 2000 uh, from the Truth album, Beck um, Bolero. I think that's wonderful. Blow by Blow, um, the Freeway Jam. Uh, Blue Wind on the 1976 Weird album. Ain't Superstitious, 1976. Absolutely a, such a credit uh, what they did and how they interpreted Stevie wonders great song uh, and i actually got to see stevie do that with the rolling stones in, at winterland um of course going down what i just talked about with the jeff beck group with um bob tench cozy pal max middleton they were just it's just just crazy but my favorite song really always has always been people get ready uh i guess it's because rod stewart and him collaborated and I just like how people get ready. Is I, it brings me back to when I was a young kid, uh, when I actually watched the Chamber Brothers play "People Get Ready." I sang that song when I was 14 years old. Um, it still it still resonates with me. Um, that song, Jeff Beck did it in such a high standard of playing and how he did it. But I I, I definitely wish that. All of you really are, um, if you have the opportunity to see Jeff Beck, get yourself people get ready. Because it's a spiritual song. And it kind of lifts you up a little bit. Jeff Beck, in so many words, was an incredible guitar player, an incredible human being. It's sad that we always have to say goodbye to great artists or great people but you know what I believe maybe one day we get to see those people again if that is ever possible but I miss Jeff Beck because I was up close to him as a fan as a huge fan 
I've collected numerous albums by him. I couldn't bring all my albums so that you could see him. I brought the, some of my favorites. All I can say about Jeff Beck is that he is an innovator, a searcher, never losing sight to keep moving, keep moving the guitar, keep moving the guitar to a different level. Playing with his thumb and fingers, I still, I, I, I try to do it myself on electric guitar. It sounds all right, but how he did it, genius. Only one Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck said he would, he, asked, he said this at the end of this book, anybody could play guitar, just pick it up. See what kind of sounds you can make. So in closing, I'd like to thank Jeff Beck for all the memories that he gave me, that he was always one of the greatest guitar players in my lifetime. I am blessed to see him, and I hope that you, with this interview that I've just did, this tribute for him, I hope you go back and research Jeff Beck. This is Gregory Correa from Harmonics saying thank you for watching our show. I want to thank Chad, Sujoy, who make this all possible. We have a new staff. I want to thank them for being here tonight. And God bless you all. Peace and love.